0: Meet our mom, Kelly Hutchison. She is a life coach. She is a child counselor. She is a teacher. She's a parent coach. And she's a mom to us. She will teach you to stop yelling at your kids. She will teach you to get your kids to listen. She will teach you how to never sleep with mommy guilt again. She will teach you how to be an imperfect mom. So you can help your kids be imperfect too. And And have have harmony harmony in in the home.
1: Hey everyone, welcome to episode 10 of Harmony in the Home. You will not believe this, but I actually have a guest in our closet studio. <laughs> and her name is Lily Grace Hutchison. Say hello. Hi. Hi. <laughs> so the reason why I wanted to have Lily on is because she is the reason why this podcast was started. She is the reason why the Parenting Boot Camp was born. She is the reason why I became a conscious parent. Because they always say... The one who acts out the most in the family is actually the healthiest of the family. Oh, because they I know act
0: out the most?
1: Yes. Because they wow. are acting out the dysfunction of the family and they are saying to the family, We have we want I I'm here to wake you up. And so she is the one that woke me up, that set me down on this path, that I feel such a responsibility to pay it forward. So I kind of wanted to peek into the mind of an 11-year-old, and so you can kind of hear from her point of view what this whole journey has been like, because it always hasn't been rainbows and daisies and, and sliding down unicorns, <laughs> or rainbows, which we don't want. I woke you up. She did wake me up. So, Lily, tell us a little about yourself. Um, How old are you? I'm 11. You're 11? About to be 12 and in where April. I'm going to be 12. Whoa. And when? where were you born?
0: I was born in Naples, I think.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I think you should know where you were born. And what is something exciting happening to you next week?
0: It's not exciting at all. Oh, it's <laughs> school. not exi-
1: It's school, but what grade are you going into? Sixth grade. Sixth grade. So she's going to middle school. So yeah, I think it's pretty cool that we're p- recording this podcast before she starts middle school, and it's going to be published when she's already in middle school. So I think that's that's going to be fun to listen to down the road too. So I want to talk to you a little bit about what was life like before I became a conscious parent?
0: Well, before in one word, it was horrible. Um it, you were yelling at me every day. Um I would go on timeout like if I if I didn't go in timeout that day, it was like one of the best days of my life. Like it was like a it was like a D-day. D- minus An day and F day was a timeout. It was like bad.
1: And I won't say I was yelling at you every day. I was a big snapper. And you like, were a
0: snap. You're like, go clean your room. Did you hear that snap? Button? Yeah, I'm going to get She's
1: just learning how to snap. Um, it was pretty horrible. And from my point of view, I was just like, this is not what I signed up for. This is so much harder. How come I can con- have control, so to speak, and have harmony in a classroom of 20 kids, but I have one child and I am... Two. I know, but Grady wasn't even born yet. Oh. And I have... <laughs> Thanks for reminding me <laughs> I have two. But at the time, Grady wasn't even born. I'm like, I know I have one child and I'm not having a lot of harmony right here. This isn't this isn't as fun as I thought it would be. And she was like saying the H word a lot. I was. Yeah. You... I cursed when I was little. Well, it wasn't a Ooh. curse word. And what would you do when you were so angry and you're like saying um, all the mean things? I would throw
0: fits. I would uh, throw tenter tantrums. Um, I would run away.
1: Yep, she's three years old. I, no, I would pack
0: my suitcase and I would take my favorite stuffed animal, Cotton kitty, which I still have to this day. Um, I would take it. And I'd just put it in this big old suitcase. And I would just walk, and then the reason why she got me back um, was she said that the patrols were going around, <laughs> and
1: that gonna, if any lost child, they're gonna take. Oh my goodness! I did. That's terrible. Yeah, yeah, she would walk away, and I'd be like, "Oh my goodness!" Like she was pretty much saying, in her three year old little spirit, like, "I got you. Got to you. Got to wake up, girl. Like I love you, but I have a throbbing spirit that's much bigger and." brighter than what you're doing. You're kind of confining me. So that running away was actually very symbolic and it was really, really tough. And like, would you say that like you're a unicorn child and like, nope. (laughs) And you would say I'm a unicorn mom. Nope. No. And I want you to know how tough it was for so many years so you can relate with that. And so we can give you hope of like, it doesn't always have to be that way. And so what was life like after I became a conscious parent and daddy did too?
0: Amazing. I feel like daddy was never like that bad of a conscious parent I just feel like He went with what you did
1: Yes He definitely followed my lead He was like I'd be like L- David I don't know what to do And I would like Vent to him And he'd be like Listen girl If you don't know what to do You're the You're the teacher and counselor Like if you don't know what to do Then we're kind of like <laughs> On a sinking ship here And so he the was Titanic. just Yeah we were like we were like trying to figure it out and what would happen when you were in you said that something happened to you when you were in the kitchen
0: oh so before we even remodeled our house we had an island in the kitchen okay and so I was wearing these like striped socks and I I just got home from school so I was in my uniform and I was wearing like my hair was down I had my very ugly bangs and um and I was just like spinning I was like hanging onto the island I was just spinning around and that like it was um she didn't become a conscious parent that day like she was starting to lean into like how to become a po- conscious parent and so i was just spinning around in my socks and then I was like in my lunchbox um I was in first grade my lunchbox and my um backpack were on the table and I'm just spinning around and I'm like I wish every day could be like this because that day was perfect like no yelling no snapping no timeouts, like nothing and the rest of the day was amazing it was like like it was like our days that we have now
1: I I definitely felt the shift and she felt the shift. And it's like, once I calmed down and relaxed, then she mirrored that same calm down and relaxed energy. And it just has been so freeing for the whole family. And we've been on this mission to pay it forward because it's been like a, the stress level in our home was like an eight or a nine on the regular. And we were all walking on eggshells. And then seven
0: was like amazing.
1: Yeah. And now it's like on a one or a two and it will peak up to an eight or a nine, but it doesn't stay there. And so it we, will
0: never pick up to an air. No, it
1: doesn't. But, like, you know, if we have, like, a big blowout between you and Grady or something, uh, or like, it just gets stressful for that moment. And then we just hold the space for each other. And it's like, I know Lily does not like this saying. She's going to flip out when I say it. But it's really over before it oh started. Oh, my God.
0: I, I I do not like that saying. It is the worst know. saying ever. Because, like, it can't be over before it started. It can't start before it's over. And It's just a blip on the radar
1: where it used to be like defined our whole day. I used to count how many times she went to timeout. And then when David got home, I gave almost like a report of like how many meltdowns she had. And then when Grady came along, it was like, take that times too. So it was just really tough. And I was really struggling. And I was like telling David, I think I'm a better mom. And I mean, I think I'm a better counselor and teacher than I am a mom. So it was just a really, really tough time. And becoming a conscious parent was very, very freeing. And everything we learned with Dr. Shafali's work. And so one thing that I mentioned was holding the space for each other. So Lily, yes. what does it mean for you to hold the space for me well, or for hold- Daddy or for Grady or for even Maggie?
0: Maggie. Mm-hmm. Maggie. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, to hold the space means to detach. And it's like you don't know what... And detach and mirror. And mirroring is like, let's say they're like, I can't do this. I'm so upset. I'm so mad. Um, and so... They can be like that. They could be like, I'm so upset. I'm so mad. And then you could give an example by saying, I was upset when mad when I couldn't, for me, I couldn't get my uh, serve over the volleyball neck and Grady, he couldn't do this thing with a tennis ball. Mm -hmm. Remember that? And then, um, yeah, like that. And then detaching um, me just letting go leave the person
1: <laughs> no it's meaning like don't join their roller coaster because when they're in the red zone or they're in the firehouse or they're like on fire they're, like they're in the red zone they cannot reason with you so you don't want to join that and like add fuel to the fire and oh my goodness one time lily not one time many times she held the space for me when i was remember that time with oh, maggie oh
0: yeah so oh. maggie when she was a puppy um she ain't something, or what was no, that? No,
1: I changed her food. Her changed her food. Like, one day would be this, and then the next would be that. And with dogs, you can't... Puppies, you can't do that. You Like, I always had cats, and, like, you just change their food. But with dogs, you have to do it, like, very and so gradually. so she had
0: explosive diarrhea. Ooh. <laughs> and so Mommy was up all night one night. I was just sleeping, and it's 6.30 in the morning, and I wake up, because that's the time I wake up for school. And um, I'm like, hey, Mom, can you make my shake? Because uh, I usually have Shakeology in the morning. And she's like can't do it it's all my fault and i'm like what
1: (laughs) yeah i was real i was crying i was like because i just was talking to my trainer hi karina i know you're listening and karina was like oh honey you cannot change the dogs a puppy's food that much because i was like she has all this diarrhea i don't know and she's like you can't change your food that drastically you have to do it slowly and then so i was just sitting there like waking i was so overwhelmed and i was crying and i'm like lily i think it's my fault that she had diarrhea all night and then i'm like, like
0: and i'm like Because it was her fault.
1: It was. It was. It was
0: your fault. And I'm like, oh, I'm so sorry. Like, you're still a good mom and, like, stuff like that. And um, then I was like, I felt that way um, because once me and Grady, we were having a pillow fight. Bad idea. It was right next to a lamp. We knocked the lamp over. Yes. And broke the lamp. And it was was all my fault because me and him were having a pillow fight. And I threw the pillow. I hit the lamp. We're not gonna talk about that, but like, still, I hit the lamp, and I was giving that example that I hit the lamp, and like everyone makes mistakes, and like it's not all your fault.
1: Yeah, you were <laughs> you were connecting with me on the on the feeling of guilt. You're like, yeah. oh, you must feel so guilty, and I'm like, and then you said an example when you felt guilt, and I was like, and I started crying more. I'm like, I think you're holding the space for me right now. Thank you. And you're like, can you make a shake now? <laughs> can we, I just can shake. we get on with this? So, um, let's see. Okay, so you mentioned about timeouts, and that was what I thought I was supposed to do. I watched Super Nanny, and no offense to Super, Super Nanny. Nanny. <laughs> but like <laughs> I
0: love that show. I
1: do, too. And I just was like, it's not working. Like, timeouts are not working. And so why, What from your point of view, how do you receive a timeout?
0: Well, parents think timeouts are great because they come out of timeout and they're either calmer or they, um, they... Learn that they think that they learned their lesson but they really didn't because when you're in timeout it's like a puddle of shame the kid is just sitting in there was this rug that we always had and it would be right like here around and we would just sit on the rug and be like and when your kid is in timeout or whatever They're just sitting in a puddle of shame, and all they can think about is what they did wrong. They can't think about, like, butterflies, unicorns, rainbows. All they can think about is what they did wrong and how much it's making them a bad kid. So they, like, it sucks, like, everything away from them because they feel like they're the worst kid ever. Like, if, and then it discourages them more, and if you're like, oh, do go do this, they're like, no, I'm already a bad kid, so let's Mm -hmm. just, I already have that title of being a bad kid, so let's just be more of a bad kid. And actually, timeout's, will make them worse.
1: Yeah. And that's what we talked about in episode seven about like kids are self-filling prophecy. Whatever you tell them, they will believe and then they will act accordingly because they don't know what to believe about themselves. So they're listening to see what mom and dad think about them.
0: And you're not telling them exactly that. Oh, you're such a bad kid. They're telling themselves that because of what you did.
1: Right. And now as you're going into middle school, we've had lots of talks about um, vaping is like the new thing for teens, apparently. And They come in different flavors.
0: (laughs) I probably I heard have that said too.
1: that. They, I've heard that too. I've heard some wackadoo flavors that they come in. Um, and, like um, rot pee. <laughs> it comes in right now. pee. I heard that on a podcast. I was like, Lily, you do not want to vape because listen to the flavor that some of them come in. So we've talked to you about drugs, vaping, alcohol, things like that. Things that will be, you know, there might be peer pressure or might be around you. Not so much in middle school. I'm thinking more in high school. But what have we told you about these things going into middle and high school?
0: They're bad. Okay. <laughs> um, that like you shouldn't do them, and like not only you, but like my guidance counselor told me that. Shout out to Miss La uh, Versa. Hey. Um and then, like that they're bad for you, but like you also has told me that they're good at the same time. They like have a good outcome. Like, oh, if you take drugs, then you'll feel better and like all your pain will go away. Like, oh, that fight you got with your parents, it'll all go away. And bye Felicia. Bye Felicia. Um, but. The thing is you get addicted and they're really bad for you.
1: Yeah. Because like we always say drugs are bad, drugs are bad, drugs are bad. And so it's, it's drilled into the kid's head that drugs are bad. But the thing that lures them in is that literally it's like this pill or this vape or this, that will take the stress away or take the pain away. Or it will literally numb the pain. And they're like, Hey, this, this isn't so bad. My parents are crazy. So the thing with drugs, vaping, alcohol, any of it, all it does is buffer and numb the pain. It's, it's good on the front end. You think but it's really Thick. bad on the back end, because that's yes. where it gets you, because it becomes Addicted. more addictive. Yes. So what do you feel that a child... What have you felt, or what do you know a child feels like when a grown-up yells at them?
0: Well, like, I feel like all kids are born with so much love. They just want to share the love in the r- world. For Grady, with example, I think he was born with extra love. Because <laughs> seriously, he'll just go up to people and hug them. But anyway, um, kids are born with, like, love in their heart. And yelling just sucks it out of them. It just, like, takes all, like, it takes their whole life away. Like, it just, when you yell at a child, the love just, like, bite. Like, it just goes because it doesn't, like, it feels like it's a bad kid, so it doesn't have love and, yeah.
1: Yeah, it's almost like a vacuum. It just kind of, like, sucks it right out of them, all that love. They're just such big open spirits. Do you think, look at a two-year-old, they're just, like, I love everything. I love cottage cheese. I love the sun. I love the flowers, and life is so beautiful. And so when they're yelled at, they're kind of like, "Wait, what?" And that spirit just kind of gets smaller yeah, and smaller, and it just gets sucked away. It's yeah, it just sucks a uh, sucks a lot of love out. Um, what are parents supposed to do during a tantrum, meltdown, messy moment, door slamming? It always looks different, but it's you don't I don't just. Like No, I'm very, I have misophonia. So door slamming is like, whoa. Um, What do parents supposed to do during the, I'll just call it messy moments because a two-year-old tantrum is the same. It looks different, but it's the same as like a 14-year-old slamming the door and saying, you don't understand me. You don't love me anymore. So what do parents supposed to do during this?
0: Hold the space. (laughs) That's like so simple. Just hold the space and tell them like, Like, ask them, like, do you want to be left alone or do you want me to help you calm down? And your child, like, it's important for them to find, like, most of the time you want to leave them alone, even if they say you need your help. But sometimes you want to leave them alone because... If you leave them alone, um, they will find their own ways to calm down without vaping, drugs, all Mm -hmm. that stuff. So when they're adults and you're not there anymore and they're off to college, they will know how to calm down instead of, like, taking it all out and doing drugs, alcohol, vaping, or whatever. So, yeah. And don't get mad at them for crying because every child cries like you can't stop it like you may think you can by giving them ice cream or food but like at the same time they're gonna get those tears out any like a different way so you can never stop crying like you don't have any control yelling at them just makes it worse um you have no control of them crying and don't get mad because like oh uh like sally your friend might say oh my kid never cries oh your kid cries a lot like no that's not true like yeah. Every every kid cries. Like and every adult. Yeah, every adult cries too.
1: I was crying last week about a mistake I made, an eight hundred dollar mistake, and Lily's like, "Oh, you're feeling guilty about that, aren't you?" And I'm yep. like, "Yeah, I really am." And so, like, crying is very normal, and the more we tell the kids not to cry. Have you ever been crying and then someone says to stop it and you're like, oh, you know what? I, th- I think I should. It actually makes it worse if someone says to stop like, it. It's if,
0: if, like you have a Coke bottle and like you need to empty out all the Coke bottle. And um, so you're emptying out, you're emptying it out. And then someone just says to stop. It's not going to make it any better because then as you are going throughout your day, the Coke bottle is going to get heavier and heavier and heavier. And then at once, you're just going to have to let it all out. And for a silly reason. And like, yeah, so never tell your kid to stop crying,
1: especially in the middle of crying. It's like holding down the beach ball that Brooke talks about. It's like that resistance to the tears will make that actually worse. And I think that's one of the reasons why Lily was so on edge for the first couple of years of her life is because I was like, we're the happy Hutchins. You have to be happy all the time. I put so much pressure on the happiness that she was saying to me, like, girl, I can't be happy all the time. And I don't like,
0: want to be happy. Do I don't want to be the happy. I
1: remember when she said that, I was like, wait, what are you kidding me? And so when you tell them they can, or they have to act a certain way, you put so much pressure and that pressure cooker is like the kids who are like the ones who need to get it out are the ones that are trying to pull push it in and pulled it in. And that's what makes them so edgy and touchy. And like, that's the eggshell feeling that you're always having and like normalize the tears. It's totally fine. So I think we're going to stop here and continue for next week. The questions and um, Lily has much more to say. I have much more questions for her. And if you have any questions for Lily, comment on the podcast or send me an email and I will ask her and we will have her back. And I think we're going to have Grady in the next couple episodes come and talk to you about how he calms down and what he does for holding the space and things like that. And he's eight. So that will be cool to get a different perspective from a younger child, and also from a boy, because he said, I'll be on your podcast, mom, but don't ask me about like feelings and like emotions (laughs) and stuff like that, but I'll be on your podcast. So we will see you next week and Lily beyond for part two. And thanks for listening. Bye-bye. Hey mamas. Thanks for listening. If you had any ahas clicks or those lightning bolt moments while listening, you have to check out my free parenting bootcamp where we take all of this to the next level and we try to create even more awakenings for ourselves so that we can connect more with our kids and never yell at them again. You can sign up at www.coachingkelly.com and if you really wanna fill up my love cup, send me an email of what your aha was, what your click was, what was that lightning bolt resonating moment while you were listening. I want nothing more in life than for you to have harmony in your home and to learn how to be an imperfect mom like me, which allows your kids to be imperfect too, each and every day. Thanks for listening.